Welcome back to Gender Forking, a Twilight Saga podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about the Twilight Saga. We are talking about New Moon chapters 13, 13 and 14. 14. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My name is Sam. And I am Lori. We haven't done that in several episodes. No. But you know what? I feel like people, if they're, they're not jumping in first with this episode. I mean, I don't know. Probably. But you know what? Figure you are. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This Welcome. is not the place, but yeah. <laughs> it's now October. Twilight season. Yeah. It's the first of Bella's dissociation months. Yep. October of October, yep. November, December, January fame. Mm-hmm. Other Twilight news or Twilight adjacent news. The Quileute tribe launched a language learning app. Yeah. That you can get for. It's very cool. I, I think Apple and Android users. I haven't actually looked at it yet, but it's very cool. I'm excited about it. Well, before we get started, I actually have a surprise. What? <laughs> okay. He looks scared. A little. Well, I, I don't think I've done this yet, but I was I was reminded yesterday I was talking to someone and I remembered that I have um, old journal entries where I wrote about Twilight <gasps> that I don't think I've shared on the podcast yet. Yes. And a number of them were like are kind of about New Moon, so I figured sure. that I should just I should just get oh, that out I'm of the way. I'm so glad you have these. <laughs> I, you sent me a picture of one of these before. Yeah. And it was, it did not disappoint. Yeah, I think I know which one that was. Um, but I have several. Yay. These markings, these are just some of the times I mentioned Twilight. You annotated your own diary. Yeah, I pulled these out today. <laughs> I, I've marked like 10 spots. That's so um, These funny. are not full entries about Twilight, but they are times, some of the times, just some of the times that I mentioned Twilight in uh, this journal that I kept between like 7th and 10th grade. Oh my God. And it is just a wild time. I just feel like it's only right that I just share this piece of history. So let me take you back to August 3rd, 2009. I'm there. Yeah. Here I am. Okay, so actually, no, before we start, I need to say that what I've noticed in these journal entries is like this nonchalance that for some reason I am putting forward where I'm like writing about things that like I know are related to Twilight and like I knew them, but I was trying to like paint this picture as if like it had nothing to do with Twilight. <laughs> And, like, it was all an accident. <laughs> okay. So. Sure. So you're, what, uh, 13? Um, yes, I was 13. I was going into eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I painted my room this summer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is now a color the paint store referred to as ryegrass, which is a subtle green, but I misspelled subtle as settle. <laughs> and my bed is dark purple. <laughs> this is odd enough. Because it is the same room colors used in the movie based on my favorite book, Twilight. (laughs) This is the first time I've written about Twilight ever, I think. You're acting like it's a huge coincidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so odd that I did that. Yeah. Like, that I chose those colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that so intentionally, but told no one that that's what I was doing. Sure. So the main character's room looks just like mine. We even have the same dragonfly lights, which is true. That was a coincidence, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Twilight, I am now pathetically obsessed with it. It is a series of four books by Stephanie Meyer, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn. (laughs) Thank God you wrote that so in the future you'd be able to identify what you're talking about. In in case I forgot. Yeah. In which, in parentheses, human, Bella, falls in love with, in parentheses, vampire, Edward, and discovers the fascinating world of vampires. (laughs) I have read all of these books more than once. That is- <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. More than once. <laughs> that is mostly what I have been doing with my summer reading. I spend most of my time in my room nowadays. Oh my god. And I talk about how I've been doing that. And then 
<laughs> I say, my dad, however, has his own theory as to why I do that. Okay. Ever since I became obsessed with Twilight, in parentheses, reading all through the day and only stopping to eat and use the bathroom. <laughs> he has been calling me a vampire. <laughs> it's just a joke, even though all the signs are there. <laughs> Okay, the first list, the first thing that I list is like a sign that I'm a vampire is cold. Am I physically, like, I guess I... <laughs> Your hands and feet are always I cold. I have rain odds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cold, fair skin. Sure, yeah. White. <laughs> Multicolored eyes. Where? I had, like... Your I, eyes are I just remember, blue. I know, my eyes are blue, but it's like... I, I was doing the thing that, like, blue-eyed people do, where they're like, and Sometimes I have a little green I around. color, it's Yeah, green. I have okay. darker blue yeah, around. Yeah, it's your right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a little fun thing that people with blue eyes like to do, and then people with brown eyes like to sit there and be like, y'all are full of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Multicolored eyes. Preferring clouds and rain to sunshine, and <laughs> also preferring to stay indoors and in my room. Also, I'm very sensitive to sunlight. Freaky. Freaky! <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That's kind of the end of that one. Okay. Okay, so this is this is just one of those other other like nonchalant pieces that I don't mention Twilight at all, but I just want you to listen to this and tell me what it reminds you of. Okay. This is August 4th, 2009. I hate myself. <laughs> Today the sky is blue and cloudless, more of a white blue to the east, becoming a blue that matches my eyes to the west. The sun is low and shimmering off the leaves. It is 74 degrees outside. <laughs> You just write so differently than I have ever engaged with journal. I feel like that is exactly, like, do you know at the beginning of Twilight where she's describing yeah, the weather? Yeah. It's just like, that's what it is. Totally. And like, I know that. I know I was thinking that. Oh my god. Did I think I was going to forget? Under in your constant cloud cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. On August 12th, I wrote a PS to the entry that I wrote, and I said, PS, I started Twilight for the fourth time. I am pathetic, but it's so good. Oh my god. August 14th. Anyway, I found two classical CDs. I downloaded them to my iPod, and I now have a classical playlist. A song that I have because I bought it on an album is Claire de Lune by, De by Debussy. <laughs> it is my favorite classical piece. I want to find a CD with all Debussy music, or perhaps a CD with... Like the greatest classic hits or something. The I think classic hits, top forty classic. <laughs> I I think I love Claire de Lune because it is just piano. I love a good piano piece. I think I love Claire de Lune because it's piano. Yeah, that's why. That's why. No other reason. Mm -hmm. No other significance. By the way, I did eventually get um, a CD that was like all classic hits, mm -hmm. and I listened to it a lot. Mm -hmm. So in the eighth grade, my family got an exchange student named Elise from Norway, and uh, she came at the end of August that year. And it says, Elise has been here for almost a month. We get, we get along fantastically. We have taken her to so many places. It has been great. <laughs> we both like vampires. I like or love Twilight. And she likes True Blood. <laughs> but though she hasn't read the books, she is intrigued by Twilight. We are both anxious for New Moon to come to theaters. The werewolf CGI looks awesome. Um, the no, only thing... <laughs> The only thing she doesn't like about Twilight is how the vampires sparkle, which is weird, but better than being burned up by the sun. It's less creepy and more effective. Take that, Elise. Yeah. A little jump in time. October 13th. I think this might be the one I sent to you. Mm -hmm. New Moon, the movie... Yeah. Yeah. 
New Moon, the movie to the second book in the Twilight series, comes out in about a month and a quarter. I'm very excited. But before that comes out, it's Halloween. I spent a lot of time figuring out what to be, and I'm still not 100% sure. I wanted to be a vampire or something like it, but I couldn't be a Twilight vampire because I already dress like that and look like it too. <laughs> and I don't want to be the classic vampire either. I am leaning toward the rock and roll vampires from the Lestat vampire series, <laughs> but I might look like a prostitute if I don't do it right. Oh, Sam! <laughs> So yeah, I'm canceled. <laughs> Lori's crying. This is the best day of my life. <sighs> I've got two more. It's like, it's so fun. I wish I had any middle school journals with me. I have some in a box at my mom's house in mm-hmm. Florida, but it's like, I've been spending a lot of time worrying about if all my teeth are going to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone at school hates me. <laughs> I mean, I definitely write about other things, yeah. but like... <laughs> With, like, a lot of Twilight interjections. so funny. (laughs) So, this is part of something I wrote in November of that year. I wrote, just remembered, I saw New Moon. It was so great when you don't compare it to the book, of course. Of course. (laughs) And I'm going to see it again sometime. The wolves were amazing. Were you Team Jacob? No. Not at all. And then, I stopped writing about Twilight as much. You know, I was just getting busy. Well, yeah, I mean, you're like a very cool 8th grader. Something like that. you got a reputation to uphold or something. Yeah, something like that. So, this is July 3rd, 2010. Whoa. This is basically my review of Eclipse, and honestly, I think I stand by it. Okay. Eclipse was phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cinematically, (laughs) very strong. (laughs) Twilight and New Moon were okay, especially compared to the books, but Eclipse surpassed my expectations by thousands of miles. Hardly anything was left out from the book, and I actually thought some parts were done better than what I pictured from the books. It has, like, two seconds of plot. There's nothing to accomplish in Eclipse. (laughs) A picture from my book, and that's that's saying a lot. (laughs) Yeah. The actors, who are usually so dramatic and stoic and somewhat monotone, showed the right motions, emotions at all the right times. And we got to see a more lighthearted side to Bella and Edward's relationship, as well as a romantic slash perfect for each other slash totally in love side that wasn't overly dramatic. It's like where? That is, I, yeah, where? And also it's so that. funny because you are always looking for that. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. time we start a new book, like Midnight Sun I'm like, where is or, it? <laughs> or Life and Death, you're like, I just want more lighthearted moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, are there? An eclipse? I don't know. I don't think so. There were some really funny parts as well. And the background stories for Rosalie and Jasper were done beautifully. I want to go see it a few more times. Oh, you will. Yeah. In <laughs> fact. <laughs> that was lovely. Uh... The only journal that I have with me here is the one that I've used since, like, midway through college, because I'm not a frequent mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I wrote about the first time that we watched Twilight together. Mm-hmm. I wrote about how I was going to your house to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I definitely have that. That's so funny. Uh, somewhere. Nice. And maybe I'll bring that next time. Oh, Just me from, like, literally 2016, yeah. 2015. But mm-hmm. I don't think I would have written any... I don't think I wrote any more. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, fell off the, I fell off the wagon after that. And I definitely, like, went to go see Breaking Dawn mm-hmm. and stuff, but I don't think I wrote about it. Yeah. How could you not? I mean, the huge upset at the beginning, at the end with yeah, the Yeah, I don't know. Ending. Yeah. 
Wow, that was lovely. Yeah. If anybody else has uh, diary entries about Twilight oh, yeah, from please. the good old days, let us know. Please, we'll please read them. let us read them. If you want um, us to. I, well, we can either read them privately and not mm-hmm. read them on the air, or we can share them with the world. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do that anonymously if you so wish. Yeah. <laughs> Confidentiality is key here on Gender Porking. <laughs> so should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> so we were gonna, we... we were gonna do this last weekend and then and we got we so preoccupied by making this french apple tart that we were, have been like obsessed with it was for beautiful weeks. it came out really great it and then we were so exhausted that we did it use of time yeah so chapter 13 killer we've left off bella thinking she must go warn jacob about how charlie and a bunch of other people in the town are going out wolf hunting yeah and she is now driving to push mm-hmm. and she's weighing the moral consequences of like remaining friends with jacob even though she thinks he is a murderer something she yeah. never something questioned or cared about with collins yeah with someone else we know i'm like what baffles me about this part and was baffling me towards the end of the last section is i'm like are you not planning on asking questions like she's really just planning on showing up there and being like i don't i know everything yeah i i know your your dirty mm-hmm. little secret and like you're a monster. Like, where does that come from? It's, it's really strange. Radically, I was thinking about how she reacts to Edward. Mm-hmm. She really, she doesn't ask a lot of questions. No. But. No, she doesn't, which is also weird. In that, it's like, a, I'm assuming the best of you. Yes. I know you would never hurt anyone. Yes. Even though she. Doesn't know him. Doesn't know him. Doesn't, whatever. This is Jacob, someone she's known since she was a child. Yeah. Someone that her, her, like, their families have been friends for years. And rather than giving him that same benefit of the doubt, she has no intention to ask any questions. And she thinks the absolute worst of him. Yep. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah, I was thinking about this as well. And she does when she is figuring out Edward's situation in Twilight. She does kind of have, like, a methodological approach where Mm -hmm. she's, like, asking herself questions, at least. Like, she doesn't necessarily ask him those questions, but she is not making a lot of assumptions in that process. But I do feel like the way she reacts to the Cullens broadly and the way that she reacts to the pack broadly are, like, very much influenced by the preconceived notions that she has about both of those groups. So with the Cullens, like, she sees them as, like, alluring and, like, she's very intrigued by them. Even though, like, the information that she's gotten about them is that they're, like, outcasts, like, she kind of lets her own first impression of them, like, lead her through this process and ultimately have a positive understanding of vampirism. Mm -hmm. And then, but with the pack, like, she's had this negative perception of them since the beginning of them as a gang she doesn't know these boys Mm -hmm. she doesn't know them at all she doesn't even really like see them except she's like seen sam Mm -hmm. she's like maybe seen them from a distance the collins like she's been a little bit more up close and personal with even if it's like just in the cafeteria but she like lets these negative perceptions of them stay with her through most of this chapter yeah even after she knows that they're not killing people she still has a hard time empathizing with like sam specifically yeah because she holds so much anger against him for no reason um yeah (laughs) for no reason yeah it's fascinating so she goes to jacob's house like she she's trying to get through to jacob and she tells billy that he she needs to talk to him and to convince him that she really does need to talk to him. Mm-hmm. She says, Do you know what Charlie's doing this morning? He and half the other men in town are all out in the woods with guns hunting giant wolves. <laughs> Which, it's kind of a baller move. Yeah. Like, 
I'm annoyed with her in this section. Yeah. A million percent. Like, she's insufferable. Mm-hmm. But also, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I know things. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jacob's asleep. He's sleepy. He's seep. And... <laughs> She, like, watches him sleeping, and it's very, like, it's very, like, uh, it's very Edward of her to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's, like, sees him, like, defenseless, and he's not, like, looking angry, and she's, like, oh, well, he's still Jacob. Like, I'm gonna let him rest. It's very weirdly intimate. And throughout this, also, she's thinking about Billy, and, and she wants to ask him questions, but she doesn't. And she says, what did he think of what his son, son had become? Mm-hmm. But I knew how he'd supported Sam from the very beginning, so I suppose the murders must not bother him. How he justified that to himself, I couldn't imagine. And it's like, bitch, you didn't go through this line of thought with, like, when you knew Edward was a vampire, she she was like, well, I believe that Edward's good, and that must mean everyone around him is good, too. And yeah. for this, it's, like, literally the exact opposite. She immediately thinks the absolute worst of every single person. I think it is so bizarre. And she's, like, asking everyone implicitly involved in the werewolf situation to, like, be accountable for what's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with the Cullens... She doesn't even think hyper-negatively of w- vampires who do kill people. No, that's what I'm thinking. Like, she doesn't care. She does not care that, like, the Cullens are friends with and, like, associated with vampires who kill humans. Yeah. Like, she is not freaked out by the Volturi as a concept. Mm-hmm. She is not, like, we know that she is able to, co- like, coexist with all the, like, vampires that are eating mm-hmm. people, like, later on in the series. And she she doesn't immediately question, well, how many people have Rosalie and Jasper and Emmett and Alice all killed before? Yeah, she doesn't think like, about it Like, she doesn't all. ask herself that question. And she does ask that question yeah. of, like, the wolves. And it, for no reason. And, like, yeah. it's just... Absolutely, like, wild, because it makes me wonder. I know Charlie has such a high opinion of the Cullens, Mm -hmm. and, like, most other people in town do, like, kind of to an extent that they're kind of weird. They really admire Carlisle, and they think that it's a really beautiful thing that Carlisle and Esme have done to adopt the, Mm -hmm. the kids. But, like, where are these, like, immediate negative feelings for the Quileutes coming from? Like, is that something she's hearing other people say? Because it Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't know, like, when you learn information like this about someone and then you immediately uncritically believe it without, (laughs) like, whatever, like, you're pulling on other people's attitudes towards that. Right. And I think she thinks that she's pulling on Jacob's previous conception of the pack as Mm -hmm. a gang. But it's also, like, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm very obviously tempted to say that, like, she's just being racist. Like, right. racism that she just pulled from her life. It's interesting the way that she is so, like, she is, like, part of the Cullens. And, like, she, like, the way that she sees this whole situation. I mean, th- honestly, for the rest of the book, it's, like, mm-hmm. for the rest of the saga is, like, on the Cullens' side. Yeah. You know, she's, for better or for worse. Again, yeah, she's not at all approaching even a little bit a place where she can depart from siding with them Mm -hmm. like even though they at this point she has no idea they're coming back and that Mm -hmm. they have completely abandoned her Mm -hmm. and she thinks that she'll probably never see any of them again she is still unwilling to distance herself from like the the standpoint of seeing this through their eyes and it's like what do you have to gain from that Mm -hmm. like if you think you're never gonna see them again Uh you can't reconsider 
your worldview mm-hmm. again. Like, her worldview has shifted so drastically when she met the vampires that it's, like, sh- shifted again. Yeah. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah, I-, I think that, like, this is also something that people do. Like, people are never, like, completely neutral, right? Yeah. Like, and, like, not that I'm, like, realistically expecting her to be. I'm just expecting her to be less of an asshole to her best friend. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, if someone that you care deeply about, like, does something wrong, like, you might have a lot of... You might have a lot of sympathy for them. Maybe you don't. I don't know. You might have a lot of sympathy for them or, like, it's easier for you to, like, keep that person in your life. But when... If someone else does the exact same thing and you don't have that relationship to them, you might perceive that completely differently. Mm-hmm and, like, treat them poorly because of that instead of, like, approaching that situation with empathy or, like, understanding, like, your own perspective in that situation and, like, where that might be coming from. And so I do think that this is, like, a very typical thing to happen, but it's it's just such a jarring example. Like, yeah. it, it's, it seems, I think, probably to a lot of readers, like, that this should be obvious, and I don't know... I'm curious to see how much it shifts if it does. It's wild. Yeah. It's so wild. She drives down to the beach. Yeah, she said she's going to wait for Jacob to wake up. Mm-hmm. She goes to that the place where they had initially talked on, on first beach um, in Twilight and the place that she's always dreaming about with this large piece of white driftwood. And she's thinking, like, I still couldn't turn a blind eye to what was happening like Billy seemed to. LOL. But I couldn't condemn Jacob for it either. Love didn't work that way, I decided. Once you cared about a person, it was impossible to be logical about them anymore. Jacob was my friend, whether he killed people or not. And I didn't know what I was going to do about that. I think this is, like, a really interesting point that she's making about, Mm -hmm. like, being logical about people that you care about. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is, like, relating to what I was just saying. Mm -hmm. But Bella's maybe grappling with, like, people that you love do things that are harmful in the situation she's that's Wrong. not true. She's yeah. <laughs> I, th- I do think there's a lot of truth to that, like that it's impossible to be logical about someone that you care about. But I also don't know that it's possible to be logical about someone you don't care about. Yeah. Like if by logical, we're thinking of like objectivity, mm-hmm. like it's not possible to be a, like truly objective in any situation. Right. But like, obviously when you care about someone and when you approach a situation with care, I don't feel like that is necessarily a bad thing. No. Like, I feel like people sometimes, or, like, in society, we <laughs> privilege being logical and, like, you like making decisions, like, only with what we perceive as logical rather than, like, making emotional decisions. But, like, I think that it doesn't have to be just logical. I think it's okay to make decisions that have emotional weight and, mm-hmm. like, to, like, listen to that part of you and, like, use that to inform like how you're proceeding and that's completely okay this made me think of that and i think it's interesting the way that that shows up in this situation and how she's trying to struggle through it yeah they have a really weird conversation Mm -hmm. where like jacob is immediately angry when he sees bella's like face and like yeah is like i think upset that she is afraid Mm -hmm. and like not reacting in the way that he hoped that she would Mm -hmm. like i suppose he is really he's being aggressive about it he's being kind of mean he's being kind of mean so what's happening here and then i've realized here is that he thinks that she's mad that they are killing vampires yeah but she doesn't realize that they're killing vampires she thinks they're killing the people because she doesn't realize how vampires factor into the situation yeah which is obviously infuriating wonderful study in communication yeah i mean and that's what i've realized like in this conversation is that like they're having two different conversations. Yeah, it's, this is a miscommunication trope, and I hate miscommunication yeah. tropes. I know, it is so, so frustrating. <laughs> it's, I don't like that in books at all. No, I don't either. It's it's really frustrating to read as, like, the reader. Yeah. 
to read people, like, just completely... Like, the conversation they're having is unrelated to this. Yeah. But the subtext behind why both of them are acting the way they are... Yeah. ...is, like, making both of them feel... Like, it's making Jacob angrier, and it's making Bella more scared. Yeah, And it's like, I hate that. And I think that... I mean... Not that I think that every character needs to clearly communicate in a novel, mm-hmm. um, but I think that there are ways that to to show miscommunication that aren't just so completely mm-hmm. like this and dragging out f- through chapters and chapters and like so like mis- miscommunications that alter the plot, you know, and like mm-hmm. alter like an emotional arc in a way that is just like not even necessarily realistic. And not that yeah. it has to be real. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't... <laughs> it's just like, it's an uncomfortable conversation to read because they are so, they are mutually horrible to each other. Yeah. And they are supposed to be like really close friends. I yeah. just can't imagine something that you could do that would make me speak to you this way. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like she says how does being a, like she calls him a monster. She mm-hmm. introduces the term monster, mm-hmm. which is so bold. Yeah. And he says, hypocrite, you make me so mad I could spit. Like, (laughs) I cannot imagine what would need. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's so out of, like, it's so out of character. Well, for both of them up to this point, it's, it's going to become a part of who Jacob is, I think. Yeah. Like, this anger is something that is just a part of him now, but for Bella, I'm like, who the fuck are you? I mean, like, if you were killing people, I, 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 I would not use these words. No. <laughs> I feel like I would be able to communicate yeah. differently. I'd be like, what's up? I wouldn't be like, you're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, I guess that's also, like, because of, like, our worldview. Like, yeah. we also don't see that as... I don't like, think any human being is a monster. No, like, we understand that there's something right. else going on. But, like, in this world, it's almost kind of ironic that she's using this language in a world where, like, it's not what he is that's making him the monster. It's what right. he's doing. Yeah. But it, even even still, like, that's kind of ironic. But even still, like, death is, like, the most, like, just straight up murder is the most horrific thing that happens in this mm-hmm. saga. Like, nothing, besides, like, Renesmee, like, nothing else horrific happens. Yeah. And, like... That's, like, a very real-world example of horror, I guess. I guess, like, yeah. And especially, like, for, like, a supernatural book where, like, lots of far more fucked-up things could be happening. Um, it's really interesting that she's taking such a strong, almost just, like, moral stance in a way that she's nev- she never has before yeah. on something, as we've said, is kind of, like, a strange thing for her to be taking a stance on because it's sort of, like, obviously in this in this saga, it's not supposed to be black and white murder death killing yeah it's supposed to be something that is like a little bit of a gray area it's so funny to know too that she doesn't really know the extent of edward's past really i guess she does she, she knows a little she knows bit. that he went off on his own like in his quote-unquote adolescence yeah but not not really because he didn't tell her that until the night the before wedding. the wedding yeah so she doesn't know that all the people that he's killed are innocent so she just assumes that he had like a dark period and that he like, came around so it's like it, it seems like part of her worldview is that people are, like, able to redeem, yeah. like, themselves. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's why she's even bothering to engage with Jacob at this point. If she feels so strongly about this murder thing, she might think she can convince him not to mm. somehow. Yeah. She calls him stupid. I'm like... <laughs> she says this really what? funny line. <laughs> says, could you, well, try not to be a werewolf? Yeah. <laughs> like, is I... this homophobia? Right, literally. <laughs> It's just wild. Like, I don't think... Not that I'm Bella. For sure. But like, I don't think I've ever been this mean to someone. No, I, I don't think I have. And I'm just like... 
y'all are out here like i don't understand y'all out being here mean. being mean to people yeah in 2021 yeah. <laughs> this is not 2021 but it's like i could not imagine i understand when when like someone might be mean and it's coming from like a place of deep deep insecurity yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming, but like this is not. No, this is like a moral argument. Yeah. That like they're... I mean, maybe from from Jacob's perspective, it's coming from that place because yeah, it's yeah, about yeah, like yeah. who he is. Yeah, I think like but... he thinks he like the impression that he is under is that Bella is disgusted, terrified of him, and she's being awful about and it, and she's being. Like, yeah, he's he thinks that he's like very much being attacked. I, I much more understand his standpoint than I do hers. Definitely, yeah. Even though, like, obviously, it is understandable to be upset that your friend is killing someone. It's like, why are you going about it in this way with all of these assumptions yeah. about this person that you like claim to love and is is your best friend? It's just so strange. Mm-hmm. I feel so strange about the way that this is written. Yeah, it's really weird to read. I don't know how you recover from that either. Like. Even though it's clear that they're having a miscommunication, Mm -hmm. like, even if you are miscommunicating to the degree that you get to this point, I don't think I would be able to bounce back from, like, having that that intense of, like... It's an accusation. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would be able to bounce back from that if I were either of them. Yeah. But they do. It's almost comical the way that this flips. Yeah. Um, It reminds me that the series Once Upon a Time feels like a comedy. (laughs) Yeah. And they kind of realize that they've had a miscommunication they're like oh wait what are you talking about and bella says no jake it's not that you're a wolf that's fine (laughs) she's like well it's just about like the killing part and he's like oh well that's it really and then he like starts to hug her he's like you're just scared because you think i'm a murderer (laughs) but he still has not dispelled this Mm -hmm. myth (laughs) so it ends up just kind of being whatever they're like oh it was just all a miscommunication and everything's fine between us I mean, if I were Jacob, I would be like, why did you immediately assume that I would fucking kill people? This is a radical shift for their relationship. Yeah. Like, this is, this is a turning point, not just because of, like, what's going on in their lives, but because they've had this huge reckoning and also, at, at a reckoning also, like, about who he is. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would feel really awkward after this. Yeah. But I guess they, it ends up being that there's something that's more important than that, which is that Victoria is out and about oot and a boot if you will oot and a boot he also like lays this out for her as if she's dumb which is really funny it says <laughs> bella honey we <laughs> only protect that. people from and he says it a couple of times throughout the section i know we it's only weird. protect people from one thing our one enemy it's the reason we exist because they do and she screams in horror she screams she a a, a thin wordless cry of horror broke through my lips Oh my god. Yeah. She really freaks out here. She's terrified that she's going to be killed at any moment. Yeah. Which is valid. Just a moment of silence for Bella, honey. Bella, honey. It's almost as good as Bella. Where the hell have you been, Loka? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same energy. And he's like, wait, you're not not upset that we're killing the vampires, right? Vampires don't count as people. Yeah. (laughs) Hilarious. And she's shocked that they were able to kill Laurent, which is really funny because she's like... I've seen what vampires can do. And it's like, but you've also seen the wolves at this point. So, like, like you've seen it. Yeah. You know what, like, size they are. She still really does underestimate them. She's very nervous throughout this entire section that they're not going to be okay yeah. up against vampires. And I'm, I'm like, I get it. Like, vampires are scary, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, those sorts of bitches are huge. They're huge. Yeah. There's less to point to in lore 
too that would suggest that they are can be stronger and faster than vampires too like there's less like that it would be floating around in the general zeitgeist for her Mm -hmm. to reach into and kind of like pull some sense out of but they have this other conversation and like here is the start of this discourse about werewolves being unsafe to be around Mm -hmm. um this is on 311 they're kind of discussing this conversation that they had when he was in her room and he just says like there's more than one reason i'm not supposed to be around you um i wasn't supposed to tell you our secret but the other part is that it's not safe for you if i get too mad too upset you might get hurt and then she's like oh so like when you were mad before and i was yelling at you and you were shaking and he says yeah that was pretty stupid of me i have to keep a better hold on myself I swore I wasn't going to get mad, no matter what you said to me. But I just got so upset that I was going to lose you and that you couldn't deal with what I am. Happy Domestic Violence Awareness Month, everyone. Yeah, hello. Welcome. Couldn't be better timing. Couldn't be a better timing to tell everyone that in the real world, it is not a loss of control that causes someone to be violent. People make a conscious choice to be violent. Mm -hmm. Every single time. Every single time. Mm -hmm. However... He is much less dramatic about this than Edward is. So true. And um, I, I, for one, I'm like, I feel like that's accurate. Like, I don't think that it it needs to be mm-hmm. like this huge thing. Yeah. And I do think that Edward is so infatuated with himself and so masturbatory about mm-hmm. his damnation that he, it's like part of his personality mm-hmm. to like take pity upon himself and say that he's mm-hmm. dangerous. With Jacob, I think he's genuinely like a little bit afraid of, of his own power mm-hmm. right now. Um, It's very fresh for him. Yeah. And so it, the conversation kind of ends there and doesn't go any further, which I'm grateful for because we've had enough of that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just interesting the way the, the way that both of them like view themselves. And it's, it, it feels so skewed that it's hard to, for me to get like a good sense of like how dangerous actually is it. It's hard for me to honestly imagine what happened with Sam and Emily because if like any other wolf had been present, mm-hmm. I guess the assumption is that it would be fine. Because the other wolves would be able to rationally, like, pull them back Maybe, down. Maybe, yeah. Especially if Sam was there. Right. But it's, like, they don't sequester themselves away from all their loved ones. So, like, say Jacob no. got really angry. They're living with their parents. He could kill Billy. Yeah. Like, he could hit, hurt Billy. But, like, it, it's just, it's weird that, like... It's very strange. And then it's kind of, like, weird and hypocritical that, like, Sam can have, still have a relationship with Emily, which is, like, it's their business. But... Mm-hmm. Like, that Jacob can't be trusted around Bella? Like, is it just, like, a while you're learning how to control yourself kind of thing? Or is it, like, a no dating? Well, they imprint, so... Yeah, like, I mean, can you not have a relationship until you imprint on someone? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they have a different perspective on it than, like, Edward had about himself. Because the other Collins didn't really feel that way. No. They, they were kind of like, it's going to be fine. They were kind of like, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, and I also think that the, that that is also a skewed perspective where they were just, they also like didn't really care what happened to Bella. Mm-hmm. But with the wolves, I feel like, not that there's more autonomy. I just feel like maybe, it's not like humans are food to the wolves. Right. You know? So like that is different. Yeah. It's really just like this anger piece. With Jacob, if he lashes out and get angry he might become physically violent towards her and with edward if he becomes too thirsty which has this very sexual connotation Mm -hmm. she might die so it's all it's just sort of like a sexual domestic violence triangle that we have going on it's it's really something yeah (laughs) oh my god take this 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 fucking this whole paragraph Mm -hmm. right here 
part you just read. That was yeah. stupid of me. I'm, I got so upset. I thought I was going to lose you. You couldn't deal with it. Whatever. It's like... These are the myths. This is literally textbook. Yeah. Like, people say this. Yeah. This is what people think that it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is what this is how people justify it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and the justification is violence in and of itself, but we don't have to get into that. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, um, God. Bella's, like, freaking Bella's out. freaking out. So she learns that Laron is dead. But that means that Victoria is likely around. Yes. And that freaks her out and makes her feel really, really sick and nauseous. And yeah. In fact, she's driving. Yeah, she's yakking. And that's terrifying. It, I mean, it is. She's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, it's it, again, we've talked about this before, but it's interesting that, like, the way that this, that no one considers this until now. And even Bella. And so they have this conversation where Jacob learns that Victoria is actually after Bella. And that's why she's in the area. So Bella is, like, key to this piece of plot. So everything is sort of converging now. She explained that, like, Edward killed James, and she said that Victoria got pissed off. It's like, when does Bella ever curse? Yeah. Did that stand out to you? Because, right? like, I was yeah, like... Yeah, 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 hmm. definitely. And then Jacob starts asking questions about the Cullens leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, if Victoria being a danger to Edward is, like, why... Edward left. I think that's the implication. Mm-hmm. She like basically is like, please, please do not talk about this. Yeah. Like she's stop. still freaking out. Like, yeah. And he's trying to get information because it's like so incredibly immediately relevant mm-hmm. to what they're actively his doing. Life, like his whole life and his whole family and his whole purpose. Mm-hmm. Like the reason this is all happening to him. So he's going to bring her to the rest of the pack so that they can talk about this all together. He basically, like, goes and turns into a wolf in the woods and then comes back, and then he tells her what he did. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, where did you just go just now? And he's like, well, it's kind of weird. I don't want to freak you out. And he says, like, when we're wolves, we can hear each other. And it's like, can he just say anything he wants now? Can he tell her anything? I guess. I guess she's, like, broken the seal and... And now Out he's comes. not. I mean, the, the thing that he was probably told to do was not tell Bella about Just wolves that or something. Just wolves, yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know. horrible the way that their mind reading mm-hmm. works, their mm-hmm. communication and stuff. Like, I'm, it's wonderful for the moment, but God, what a horrible existence that must be. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they can read each other's minds is, like, mm-hmm. terrible. This part at the bottom of 320, like, really gave me pause, where he's asking her if Victoria can do anything special. And she's like, well, I don't think so. He would have mentioned it. And Jacob goes, he. Oh, you mean Edward. Oops, sorry. I forgot. You don't like to say his name. <laughs> hear it. Oh, my I'm God. I'm like, can you just just chill for a right? second? Because she's like, not really. And then she's like, so how do you know me so well, Jacob? It's like, that's so obvious. Like, it's he so obvious. If he knew you well, he wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. Uh, like, he he just said his name and then yeah. was like, oh, oops. And then she's like, oh. Yeah. God. Oh, like, <laughs> clutching herself and, like, moaning. She can't handle it. Oh, my God. And they're viewing her now as, like, an insider with insider information who's been behind enemy yeah. lies. Like, like, lines like the spy. Right. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, she's nervous to go have this meeting with the wolves, which is, like, kind of valid because, like, something that is kind of going to happen. But also, she didn't feel that way. She just wanted the Collins to like her mm-hmm. when she went to meet all of them together. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, you're still being a bitch. Yeah, it's so weird. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. The double standard. Mm-hmm. The double standard. All right, that's the end of chapter 13. Shall we Forks cast? Today in Forks, it's 63 degrees and partly cloudy. It looks like it's going to rain into this evening and then be, you know, pretty nice again tomorrow. It's kind of humid. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's going to get into the 40s tonight. The news in Forks 
this weekend is that Sully's Drive-In is on is on the market. It's for sale. Let's buy it. And uh, I guess the community is sad about it because it, it's like a staple of the community. It opened in 1958 uh, when um, patrol officer decided to open a donut shop <laughs> in Forks. <laughs> and uh, it's a... Uh, it was a, a burger joint, and then they had fries and milkshakes and ice cream cones. I guess the sale is not because of COVID. It was just a decision. Um, if it does get sold and renamed, it will always be Sully's to those who grew up around here. When they said drive-in, I thought it was like a movie theater, but it is a burger place. <laughs> so there is um, a little bit of uh, real estate available in the Forks area. I wonder what will go there, and I hope it's not a Dollar General, you know? I know, yeah. Now it's time for our mini segment, Where in the World is Edward? Which... Honestly, I like that you named it Edward, where the hell have you been, Loka? I think that we should have an official name switch. (laughs) Yeah. So if you'll remember last time where we left him Mm -hmm. was Mexico. We're getting really close to the time where he's going to be in Brazil. Mm -hmm. I think he had a a lovely time on the beach. Mm -hmm. He's tired of swimming. Okay. He's over it. He's going to walk to Brazil. Okay. And right now, Uh he is in... Let me test everyone's geography... The Darien Gap. Do you know where that is? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I think I was actually just reading about this. Were you? That's funny. It's in there. It's in Latin America. (laughs) It's so... The Darien Gap is a part of the Panamanian-Colombian border region. Mm. It's an isthmus. 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 One of those. So why it is kind of notable as a a region is because there's a Pan-American highway that is hypothetically stretches from Prudhoe Bay up in Alaska to Ushuaia, Argentina. So it spans a the, like the entire Americas, except <laughs> it is broken into the northern section and the southern section, and there's a big um, gap in the middle of that area where they have tried to build the highway and connect, you know, the continents and connect the roads to each other, mm-hmm. but it is a very intense area. It's, like, swampy and, like, geographically intense. Mm-hmm. It's historically been really, really hard for people to cross through that region right. for years and years and, like, hundreds of years, ranging, like, way back. So expeditions have been sent across several times for various reasons. Some missionaries, like, colonizing the area tried to cross that section, and that section is also home to several like indigenous groups yeah. that do live there. Like I was all just the time. that up. The yeah. Kuna. Mm-hmm. So they were like, let's build this road. It's really interesting because it is already inherently so challenging to cross that area. Mm-hmm. Um, that many people have gone missing. People have written like huge like stories about what it was like for them to traverse or attempt to like cross that region. Mm-hmm. And then it got increasingly harder and harder and worse and worse because um, of the Colombian conflict. And there's a lot of, like, paramilitary groups Mm -hmm. that are very active in that region because it's a very popular site now for both human trafficking and drug smuggling Mm. um, internationally. Mm -hmm. And so... It has always been really hard to to navigate, and it has gotten so much harder. Mm. But Edward, Mm -hmm. he's built different. Yep, he is. So he's going to fucking just walk right through there. No No problems. No problems. And, and, you know, he is is in, you know, that's one of the most secluded and remote areas. Mm -hmm. No roads. Mm -hmm. Just vibes. Just vibes. He's just going to be walking. That's where he's at. Or running, if you will. Or running. 
Mm-hmm. I had been recently reading the about the indigenous name used by that area mm-hmm. near the Darien Gap, which is called Abya Yala. So he's yeah, so he's hiking. Yeah, he's in he's in the forest. All of that knowledge came courtesy of my history of Columbia class in in college. college. Yeah, I was going to say you were like a history major for one second. I was. I was yeah. a history major for like half a year. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't anymore, but mm-hmm. I loved that class. That sounds really like a really good class. Yeah, it was really cool learning about that in that class and also I'm, I'm sure that Edward stopped by the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to if he walked from Mexico. In that process, he walked, swam, ran through the Panama Canal region. Also, there's a documentary, I don't remember what it's called, but I'm sure if you googled Panama Canal documentary, you could watch it on YouTube, but the history behind the creation and, and building of the Panama Canal is so fascinating. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. So, look that up. That's where Edward's at. We're putting him right onto the, the cusp of, of arriving into South America. Mm-hmm. So before we move into chapter 14, we got a wonderful email from a listener about being Team Jacob. It was illuminating. Yeah, we, it, was, we invited, it was. We invited people to come forward and reveal yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I think it did help me understand. Yeah, I really enjoyed this email. It was a very long email. Thank you so much for writing it. <laughs> this is from a listener called Mimi. The subject line is Team Jacob listener showing her face. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to do my best to summarize, I guess. Yeah. I think the general summary is, given what we are given, which is a book with two very flawed options for Bella. Right. Both of which, as we just recently, we we were just saying, both of them have an element of fear, an element of danger, an element of, like, this is not the relationship we would want. Mm -hmm. In that, there's a lot of Edward revisionism by Team Edward. For sure. That gets called out discussed a lot less than the Jacob mm-hmm. apologism, revisionism, mm-hmm. all that. And so being team Jacob, I think for this, for Mimi, is a conscious choice to invest in caring about Jacob as he could have existed, mm-hmm. just as, you know, any team Edward person does. Yeah. Edward is awful too. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that Mimi um, is, like, newer to the Twilight fandom Mm -hmm. and, like, does not have, like, a history of engaging with it, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago that in which she was Team Edward or Jacob then. So, like, Mm -hmm. it's a new perspective, which I think is really interesting. This one paragraph that she wrote, I totally see, like, why you would enjoy engaging with the Bella Jacob ship with these things. She said, I like diving into the tropes of forgotten childhood friends to lovers. Mm -hmm. I love friends. I love childhood friends to Mm -hmm, lovers. mm -hmm, I get it. mm And the found family vibe with the wolves that the wolves could have had. Doing things like fixing motorcycles and riding them and going to bonfires at the beach and having spaghetti dinners and going hiking with hiking boots and snacks and advanced warning. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I'm a sucker for hurt comfort. Mm -hmm. So the idea of slowly healing from trauma and falling in love with someone who's been by your side for that. Yeah. Uh, I also simply enjoy Billy Black as a character way too much to not want content from, with him in it. And mm-hmm. Team Jacob fandom is where literally all of that is at, for sure. Mm-hmm. Plus, Sumi, I like warm giant wolves better than vampires, whose author literally refuses to engage with the horror um, or the sexy element of vampires. Yeah. For sure. So true. So I think that, like, I, I, do, I do get this, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, um, really, the, what I'm getting from this email is that, like, she felt like there's... It's really, like, a matter of preference. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just going to choose to engage with a, f- with a fandom, like, you can choose... Like, there was, like, this 
a, a, a larger, I think, subsection of like Edward Bella shippers that are like spending time in that area and then, but then kind of choosing this other more interesting space to carve out yeah. some tropes that like, yes, there are like ways to fix it, but then there's like things that already exist that are interesting. And I, I definitely get that. She says, when I say I'm team Jacob, I don't 100% mean it in the sense of who Bella should have ended up with, mm-hmm. but just as like a, a way to engage, a way to be in this fandom. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I thank you for writing in and thank you for saying all the really nice things that you said about our podcast because that was just generous. There's, there's Te- just like, tears in my eyes. Yeah. There's just like paragraphs yeah. here about like, about listening to the mm-hmm. podcast and that's really nice. <laughs> and also she said that she lived in a small town with, that didn't have a McDonald's and they used to drive a really long way. Yeah. 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 I do in Port Angeles, which that. makes so much sense to it me. It does. And honestly, since we've made that episode, you and I have personally had McDonald's together like several times. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so... I get it. Yeah. I'm definitely, like, in a McDonald's face. <laughs> <laughs> Entering my McDonald's era. Yeah. Yeah, so we just wanted to share that that email, that perspective, because um, I, I thought that that was really fascinating. So if anyone else wants to share another perspective on why they're Team Jacob, like, please come forward. Because I feel like a, I'm really biased from, like, having a history with this story. Yeah. I can't just switch over. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not engaging with it at all in that way now. No. I don't spend time in the fandom. No. Like, doing that sort of thing. Like, this is all I do. Yeah. There's no, there's no time for anything else. No. But <laughs> there really isn't. We're out here reading the books constantly. Yeah, yeah. Jumping back in. Yeah. Just another time Stephanie Meyer comes just so, just so close to describing the skin of the wolves as red. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't exactly say that. But she says, the same red-brown skin. Just fucking quit it. We get it. Oh, my God. Just fucking quit they all have the same skin and the same hair. They all look the same. It's almost as if they're all the same fucking race. Like, oh we God. understand. Like, you don't have to reassert this every time. I like, know. And using the same, the same language that is, like, just... The same language every time. It's yeah. not even inventive. So, all the wolves, all these boys, they're not, they're not in wolf form. They're in mm-hmm. boy form. So, there's, obviously, there's Jacob and there's Sam. And then there's Embry's there, Jared and Paul. There's five of them. Paul's Paul, Paul's mad. Paul's immediately, immediately, he's like, immediately now. Yeah. Immediately, immediately now. <laughs> he immediately says, why can't you just follow the rules, Jacob? What the hell are you thinking? Is she more important than everything, than the whole tribe, mm-hmm. than the people getting killed? Honestly? I say right here, just right here. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Team Paul. Yeah. He is he's, correct. Yeah. Jacob right. should not have sprung this news on them in the way he did yeah he was wrong for that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. team paul Mm -hmm. and she's literally not more important than the whole tribe she's not she's literally not she's not let victoria kill her yep use her as bait i don't care i don't give a shit yeah if you're paul if you're jared if you're sam if you're embry Mm -hmm. this has got to be the most fucking annoying thing Mm -hmm. you have this one guy you have this one friend who this fucking guy this fucking guy (laughs) who risks the entire, your entire life <laughs> and your entire family and your entire culture and your entire legacy mm-hmm. on this bitch mm-hmm. from Forks. Mm-hmm. This, she's from Arizona. You're she's not so even from right. here. She's, she's not even she's from She's not Forks. even from there. She doesn't even go here. She doesn't even go here. I am 100% with Paul. Yeah. Uh, Jacob deserves this, this, uh, little, mm-hmm. these little roughing, roughing up. Mm-hmm. 
It's very cinematic. It's a very dramatic moment where Jacob has to phase in front of Bella. This is just an excuse for Bella to see the wolves. Yeah. Yep. And she's terrified about it because she's like, oh my god, he's going to get hurt. Once again, not understanding that maybe it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. If this was the comedy that we wrote, yeah. instead of having this... I would have Jacob and Bella walking through the forest mm-hmm. and one of the vam- one of the werewolves, Paul, it can be Paul, having AirPods in mm-hmm. and they sneak up behind him and tap <laughs> him on the shoulder and he is so scared he immediately faces <laughs> into a wolf. <laughs> I would have yeah. I would have werewolf uh, things not triggered by anger but by fright. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta scare them. <laughs> yeah. And they just are all going around absolutely scaring the shit out of each other. <laughs> like using a jack-in-the-box They're on all them. They're constantly yeah. meditating. Yeah. They're popping Xanaxes. Like, <laughs> trying to stay relaxed. Oh my god. There's one of them that has an anxiety issue. Yeah. And they are constantly phasing and then being like, oh my god, I have to get myself under control. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. Like, is it just anger? Or is it any strong emotion? It can't be any strong emotion. They could never fuck. <laughs> be the same problem as vampires yeah wait a second you're right like if they were too oh i'm too in love you can't get married (laughs) what are you gonna do (laughs) they have to become monks yeah essentially they have to to practice buddhism extremely mild and stoic in all like always i mean that kind of seems like what sam has that's the route sam has gone but he's deeply in love with emily yeah like that's a, like when you're jo- like full of joy. Yeah, and like glee. you get like if you're a teenage boy and you just get really excited about something. Yeah, whatever that may be. Do you turn into a wolf? Right. Real questions. We should check the guide. I would have turned into a wolf when I found out a few days ago that Brett Kavanaugh has COVID. I didn't know that. I haven't been on Twitter in like two months. Congratulations. Oh my god. I hope he coughed on Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Jesus we're gonna Christ. get. I hope they I'm kill each other. On, I'm gonna be put on a watch list. Oh, I'm. We're, we're already gonna, on one. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So you know. Paul and Jacob fighting. Bella's concerned, but no one else is concerned. I mean, Sam goes after them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's like an annoyance for everyone. Yeah. They're not worried yeah. at all. They're right. just kind of like, oh, God, not this again. So that leaves just Bella with Jared and Embry, and they are so calm. They are just joking about the situation, and I love them. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. And Sam has instructed them to take her to Emily's house. Mm-hmm. Jacob has shredded uh, apparently what is... Not his first pair of shoes. Like, he shredded a lot of shoes. Mm-hmm. Jared says Billy said that this was the last pair he could afford. It's like, how much money are they spending on shoes, these poor boys? They have to have some sort of setup. Like, they, sh- they, they need, need a shoe some fund. sort of, like, protocol fund. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- or they need to be, like, in some way, like, I don't know. They like, go through a lot of pitch, a lot of clothes. Which is so, it's such a bummer. I wish that there, something magical happened to their clothes, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, it can't be easy for them to, like, get new clothes either, because, like, where's the clothing store? Yep. You drive into Port Angeles? It seems like a like, real problem. It seems, like, I'm, le- I'm legitimately, this this should be talked about more. I'm very curious yeah. about what they have to do. Bella can't even, like, drive. She's so yeah. stressed out. And so, Embry drives her car, her truck, over to Emily's. Bella's starving. Bella's, yeah. Bella eat challenge. They have this whole conversation. They're just chatting. You know, it's whatever. They're joking around and they mention like the treaty and stuff, which is interesting. Like the point about like the the treaty is about like biting a human, Mm -hmm. which I always kind of like forget. Like what Mm -hmm. is the stipulation there? It's not killing, it's biting. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because it's like, I don't know if this becomes a plot point or not, but has Jacob not seen the scars that Bella has on her wrist from James? 
Didn't he in like the last part? I don't know. And when they were when in her room. Because if he suspects the treaty's been broken, like all rules are fucking off. We're not gonna be able to find it. I thought yeah. maybe. I don't know. So they arrive at Emily's house. It's um described really interestingly. Oh yeah. I mean, like every time Stephanie Meyer describes like a house on the reservation, mm-hmm. she's like and it was dilapidated, <laughs> which is like not, and it's not in like a commentary on economic insecurity mm-hmm. in indigenous communities at mm-hmm. all. It's just kind of like it's a... It's just a thing that she envisions for them. Yeah. Because that is how she envisions these characters. Yeah. She writes about them in the way that J.K. Rowling sometimes writes about the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's like so full of love and warm and bright and cheery, but it's also really run down and it's yeah. kind of embarrassing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The the house, like it says at the end of the lane was a tiny house that had once been gray. The door is weathered, mm-hmm. but there's a window box and it's full of bright orange and yellow marigolds, giving mm-hmm. the whole place a cheerful look. I, yeah, and then she really does the most when she describes Emily. Yes. Especially God. Emily's face. It is so surprising. Extremely fucked up the language she uses. Yes. Before they go in, mm-hmm. they say to her, um, don't stare at Emily. It bugs Sam. And she's like, why would I stare? And they don't say anything. It's like very foreboding when it's like, they could have just said, oh, she has a scar. Yeah. Any preparation. <laughs> right. Emily, they des- she describes as a young woman with satiny copper skin and long straight crow black hair. Crow black. Crow black. All right. And <sighs> moving on. Um, <laughs> and then it says... She turns around so Bella can see her full face, and it says, The right side of her face was scarred from hairline to chin by three thick red lines, livid in color, though they were long-heeled. When did this happen? How long has Sam been phasing? At least a year, I think. That's wild. Yeah. It's, like, long-heeled. Yeah, I don't know. And then, I mean, it's not too bad when she initially... When she initially describes it, it's not too bad, but then immediately the narration is always focusing on her face. It says... She stared at me, and neither half of her once beautiful face was her friendly. Her once beautiful face. Once beautiful. Yeah. Like, assu- like, like saying, like, she's not beautiful anymore, obviously, because she's, like... Because she's mauled. Yeah. And then she's cooking. There's a lot of things here, yeah. Whatever. Sam comes in. They do a big kiss. A and big then, kiss, yeah. Big kiss. Mm, kissy, kissy. <laughs> and then... Shut up and eat, Sam suggested. Kissing <laughs> Emily's ruined mouth. Her ruined mouth. Not her ruined mouth. Ruined. What the fuck? Yeah. It is so... And it's like... It's so Stephanie, dramatic. Like, I don't know. It's just like people with scars, like like large visible scars exist in this world yeah. and interact with media. Mm-hmm. And it's like she doesn't care. Yeah. It was really insensitively described. It is so hurtful. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. It's excessive. It's like... It's almost, like, more explicit and, like, it is more explicit and it's, like, almost worse than anything she's ever written about before. Yeah. I think, like, I, there's a... The, she could have described this so differently, too. Like, she could have described the severity of the scars without, like, assigning, beauty. like, a beauty, like, which feels like it's assigning, like, a value. Like, it's almost... It feels like she's saying, like, her beauty has been depreciated yeah because of of this and like if i know anything about stephanie meyer it's that like beautiful is better so right. i feel like we're not necessarily not supposed to like emily because then you're a bitch like yeah like lauren. rosalie or lauren yeah yeah it's a lot it's so bad it's really interesting um it'll and it will be interesting to see like when we get kind of the story behind those scars too because that doesn't happen here but 
Or maybe it does. I don't know. The love between Sam and Emily is also really interesting to me, though, because yes. it says, Emily, he said, so with so much love saturating his voice that I felt embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm cringing just reading about it. Literally. It is interesting that, I mean, she doesn't understand that this is like an imprint thing. She doesn't know about imprinting mm-hmm. yet. But for Stephanie Meyer, like, love in this story is like perfectly preserved passion that never fades. Yeah. Happens with the vampires, mm-hmm. happens with the werewolves. And it's fascinating because it's this this depiction of love where he walks into the room and grabs her face and kisses her is so different than what Edward and Bella had. True. Like this, like even at the best of their relationship. Yeah. He wasn't like, doing that. It was unobservable to everyone around Bella. So yeah. It was never in front of people. It was never in like this kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And it was like always very like, I must control myself. This is really hard for me. Yes, like, you must have, you can have one chaste kiss. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she doesn't like, she does not like that. So Bella and Emily have met. She says, so you're the vampire girl. Mm-hmm. And Bella goes, yes, are you the wolf girl? And it's interesting because I feel like maybe throughout this section, especially at the end, there's obviously parallels between them. Like, yeah. just that fact that they're, like, the outsider of the group that's been accepted into mm-hmm. the group. However, Emily, Emily's role within the pack is not what Bella was to the Cullens. She's no. she's the Esme of, yeah. of the pack. Yeah. Um, she's making them all food, mm-hmm. which I have a lot of questions about. It's like... Does she do this all the time? Like, there must... Like, is there a fund for that? I know. She's feeding them several dozen eggs. Right. And some huge muffins. By the way, join the Patreon. You can see our... <laughs> our take this meal. On both of those things. Yeah, it makes... It really calls you into... Calls into question, like, these men are... These boys are eating so much food. Their metabolisms are nuts. Like, how is it possible that they can, one, afford it, and two, keep... It, I mean, I think they eat, like, like... how do you store it? Yeah, I think they must be eating, like, Olympic Olympic athletes, you know? Like, eating several thousand calories what a, a day. What a huge burden to put on each and every one of their families. Yeah. Slash Leah. Yeah. And, I mean, Emily. Emily. It's gonna always... I'm always gonna mix them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emily does refer to them as brothers, mm-hmm. which is, like, new information for Bella, like, framing it in that way. Like, that they see themselves as a little family. Jacob and Paul rejoin the group and they're like totally fine. Yeah. Um, they're not mad at each other or anything. And they start to strategize. Um, they share the information that they wanted to share. Jared kind of seems to me like the Emmett of the group. He seems like invigorated by the concept of doing this fight. And he says, mm. excellent, we've got bait. Like smiles. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so I kind of gauge like that. That is kind of, he's just kind of down to clown. Mm-hmm. And they kind of start to like think about how to trap Victoria. I don't remember a damn part of this. Nope. Not a single nope. fucking part. I don't know the plot of this story. I don't know how this all goes so badly. I it mean, doesn't I, work. I guess the plot is that they don't catch her right. this time. They, do, they don't catch her till Eclipse. Which, like, makes me wonder, like, I think this part happens? just goes away. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, how do you, like, what happens It's here? like, oh, Edward's back and they're gonna take care of it. I guess. Yeah. Weird. Sam says to Bella, Jacob thinks it would be best... If you spend as much time as possible here in the push, she won't know to, where to find you here so easily just in case. And, like, they can get Charlie to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. down there as well. Like, basically, they're just going to start spending more time on the reservation. And then he says, wait, his glance flickered to Emily and then back to me. That's what Jacob thinks is best, but you need to decide for yourself. You should weigh the risks of both options very seriously. You saw this morning how easily things can get dangerous here, how quickly they can get out of hand. If you choose to stay with us, I can't make any guarantees about your safety. Which, 
I was really surprised by. Yeah. Well, it totally makes sense in context of, like, he has hurt someone. He knows. Yeah. And also, what I do love about Sam, like, I love Sam. I think he's a great character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, finally, somebody cares what Bella fucking wants to do. We love the autonomy. No one's ever fucking asked her if she was okay with the plan before. It's, like, so funny that Bella has, like, built Sam up as this monster in her head who, like who is controlling and, like, doesn't allow mm-hmm. the people around him to make decisions and strips them of their autonomy because mm-hmm. finally somebody gives a shit about what she thinks. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's the one that does. Like, he values everyone's willingness to go along with this. Exactly. And, like, that is so much healthier than anything the Cullens have going on. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. all are only bound together because they all respect Carlisle. Yeah. Sam actually takes the time to, like, seek out other people's input. Yeah. It seems, they seem like much more of a team mm-hmm. where they're, like, making group decisions. I know that Sam has final say and can make executive decisions without everyone's consent, but, like, yeah. I do feel like he has he a much more down-to-earth best... grasp. Yeah. He seems to ask, act in the best interest of everyone. Yeah. He made Jacob upset by not being able to share the secret, but obviously that was better for, for Jared, sure. Paul, Embry, like everyone. Yeah. I do feel like that's kind of interesting because, I mean, he's like, well, if there's somewhere else you you, feel, you would feel safe, like he's like giving her the option to, to pick another location. But it's interesting that it's like the safest place is to like keep them on the reservation as if like there aren't people on the reservation that that would also endanger. Yeah. I felt, I feel weird about that. I know. And it's so funny because like when Bella is weighing what to do in the last book, Mm -hmm. she really agonizes over like how that will impact the like people in Forks Mm -hmm. and the Cullens and and everywhere else. But she's worried about Jacob here for sure, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't seem to see how that might impact Emily or Billy or yeah like or like any of the other just like normal normal people. random people living on the reservation yeah, yeah she doesn't seem to view that as her community which it's not but like you could still care about them and now Bella finally decides that Emily maybe is still beautiful uh but after saying but the way she phrases it as yeah. I could suddenly see the symmetry underlying her deformity, her deformity. what the fuck Bella, this is why you're so unhappy. It's painful for Bella to be around Emily and Sam because she sees how much love they have and Mm -hmm. she, like, starts to physically ache. Mm -hmm. This day kind of just continues and they kind of just take it back to the Black's house and Charlie comes, they have dinner. Jacob calls Bella honey again. Again? And I'm like, no, once you had one time. Once was way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Quit it. This is over. This isn't a thing. Get some rest, Bella, honey. You look exhausted. Don't talk to her like that. It's like (laughs) Jacob becomes a werewolf and like I understand with that comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of like he has really come into a level of maturity that he would not have been expected to had this not happened to him. Yeah, but But it doesn't give him the right to speak condescendingly to Bella in the way that he kind of does now. He kind of acts as if he knows so much more about the world and he's, like, got his, like, puffed up chest and, like, he's very, like, I'm good and I, like, I'm infallible. Like, I'm gonna be fine. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Like, me and my boys are gonna take care of it. Me and my boys. And, like, Sam doesn't act like that. No. It's like, just fucking relax, Jacob. And, like, he's, he has come into this maturity through necessity, through what is arguably a traumatic situation yeah having to grow up too fast like sure makes you more mature but all like at what cost (laughs) yeah i mean i just feel like bella's also like faced a lot and like does know a lot yeah about these sort of things she's carrying a lot of knowledge that she has not been able to share with people it's like yeah to speak to her as if she doesn't know 
or yeah. can't grasp the severity of the situation mm-hmm. when like the wolves don't haven't known the, the severity of the situation because they didn't know that she was the target of mm-hmm. Victoria and Laurent. So it's like maybe you should respect what she's been going through. Right. So Charlie is like, um, so what's what's going on? Like where do we stand? <laughs> like what are we thinking? It's exhausting to be the teen of uh, the parent of a teen who is constantly changing her mind on who she's mad at and who yeah, she's yeah, not. Yeah. She's like, Oh, uh, we made up. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> He's like, um, Big misunderstanding. And the gang? Yeah. <laughs> you were literally just calling me freaking out at work, trying yeah. to get me to do something about it because I'm a police officer. <laughs> the end of this chapter is really interesting. She's going to bed. She says, I thought about what Jacob had said earlier this morning about hypocrisy. I thought about that for a long time. I didn't like to think that I was a hypocrite. Only, what was the point of lying to myself? I curled into a tight ball. No, Edward wasn't a killer. Yes, he is. Even in his darker past, he had never been a murderer of innocence, at least. But what if he had been? What if during the time that I'd known him, he had just been like any other vampire? What if people had been disappearing from the woods just like now? Would that have kept me away from him? I shook my head sadly. Love is irrational, I reminded myself. The more you loved someone, the less sense anything made. Um, sounds like a no. Sounds like she would have been okay with him killing people. Yeah. So, confirmation. Yeah, well, an interesting section. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I'm glad that we're over, like, the miscommunication aspect of the story. Yeah, I'm glad that we can move forward into something else, because a lot of the last chunks of chapters have been Edward and Bella, like, navigating. Edward and Jacob. Yeah. (laughs) Who? No, Bella and Jacob. Obviously, we are Someone. not able to continue doing the podcast, <laughs> so we've got to shut it down. <laughs> Someone was having a hard time with something. Yeah. Somebody you knew what it was. was talking to something. Yeah. Someone. I'm ready for some new action. God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yep. Like always, I don't remember what happens next. Nope. So we'll all stay tuned. It'll be a big surprise. We'll catch you all at some point. We'll see you when we see you. Yeah. That's all, forks. <laughs> updated about the podcast follow us on instagram at at genderforking for more twilight content from us follow us at bowlingshirtbellas.tumblr.com with questions comments and any other inquiries please email us at bowlingshirtbellas at gmail.com if you like what you hear and want to support the upkeep and production of our podcast visit patreon.com forward slash genderforking the music you are hearing is from oh lucifer 